Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Coach Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur all-around adorable redhead. And welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day, such as my own. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want to engage with you. I want you to be part of the conversation. So find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, uh, even on the Twitch, which, my friends, I uh, broadcast these recordings live. So please feel free to join me. Uh, all that Colt S. Taylor. Uh, you can also find me on Cameo at Colt S. Taylor if you want to hire me to say something funny or come up somewhat mean to to a birthday friend or a co-worker. And of course, ColtSebastianTaylor.com for all things Colt Sebastian Taylor. And, my friends, if you have missed this week's show, Anchor.fm slash ColtSTaylor is a place where you can pick up the podcast version of this show. Alright, my friends, let's get started on this week's Saturday Report. Folks, first up this week, we have someone calling in to the Colt Sebastian Taylor Newsmaker line. It's, it's I'll only give out this number to several people. Ron Reynolds, Nathan Fillion, and of course, my friend on Twitter, Victor Fiorello, crack reporter, to talk about an amazing story about a radio station in Philadelphia I've listened to my entire life, WMMR. Victor, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you, and thank you for clarifying that we are friends on Twitter as opposed to friends in life. Well, I don't think... down the street, I'm sure neither one of us would know who the other person is. Well, I do have a big, bushy red beard. I am hard to miss, and lots of people say hello to me that I do not know how they effing know me. <laughs> no idea. No idea. But I saw this on Twitter... WMMR, for those who may not be familiar with the Philadelphia radio cultural area, this 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 program broadcasts around the world. Um, WMMR has been around for over half a century, one of the oldest radio stations that still do good radio, and there has been some major changes. Victor, what is what the hell has happened at WMMR? Well, you know, the radio business is crazy, but WMMR, uh, you know, which has been broadcasting as a rock and roll radio station for uh, 54 years now, uh, 24 hours a day with live DJs, which is completely unheard of. Um, they've been very stable, uh, but in the last week, it's been nothing but turmoil at the station. Now, WMMR is owned by a publicly traded conglomerate i don't know if conglomerates the right word but hey nobody's listening to us anyway right no uh, no, no i don't think so so they're owned by this company called beasley media group which owns a bunch of radio stations across the country and beasley on wednesday came in and made a couple of big changes that have people kind of going crazy the one is that they eliminated this popular very popular afternoon dj whose name is Jackson, like J-A-X-O-N, Paul Jackson's his real name. And one of the nice things about Jackson was that 
unlike with most radio stations in Philadelphia or anywhere in the country, Jackson had a real commitment to uh, featuring local bands. So, you know, you could listen to this, you know, huge, biggest FM station in the city, and, you know, they would play the Foo Fighters, they would play Led Zeppelin, and then, like, oh, here's a cut from this band you've never heard of in South Philly. So, you know, what an amazing thing to have in a world where, uh, you know, the radio industry has become so homogenous uh, for so many years. So that was the one uh, big change. And so uh, Jackson has a lot of fans out there. And, you know, as happens in these cases, um, you know, they didn't let him say goodbye. They just kind of said, okay, time to get your stuff and get out of here. So he never had a chance to say goodbye to listeners. He never had a chance to explain. Uh, So there are a lot of people out there wondering what was going on. So fortunately, you know, I was able to sort of get the details um the other big change at wmmr which might be a little too inside baseball for some people um but wmmr um would have overnight djs so you can actually call in in the middle of the night uh you know let's say you work like a weird job shift and you're just getting started you know having fun at three in the morning you could call in talk to a dj be on the radio request a song they play the friggin' song right there for you um, wow. I, I mean, that's, uh, that's like unheard That's unheard of. That's unheard of. The interview I did with him last year, that is virtually unheard of in the entire country. All of the, a lot of radio stations, just so all of your listeners know, they use automated crap all day long. Like, there's very little live decision making going on. Mm-hmm. Um, at WMMR and overnight, every station, almost every station in the country, it's all automated overnight. But WMMR, forever, 24-7, they would have this overnight shift or shifts, um, and Beasley has completely eliminated that. So, you know, for people who are like real radiophiles who like know the industry and for people who work at radio stations, they're like, oh, crap, like, you know, this is a, this is a huge change and a real signal that things are not going well uh, for Beasley and that they're looking to uh, do some major... Uh, belt tightening, uh, which you know can impact some more people. Um, so that's that's sort of where we were originally at. And you you mentioned that they were looking at getting rid of a basically a cultural icon of Philadelphia, Pierre Robert. Yeah. So I, I actually just moments ago broke this news. Um, so Pierre, I, I, you know, I think. In terms of rock and roll DJs, there's no denying that he is easily the most famous and recognizable uh, in the entire Philadelphia region. Um, You know, this is a guy that when there's huge rock concerts, whether it's Bon Jovi or the Rolling Stones or whatever, you know, they have him come out on stage and introduce the band. You know, you see him walking down the street, people, you know, run up to him. Um, you know, he's, he's an icon and he's been at the station last year. I did the interview with him. That was his 40th anniversary that he's been at that station. It was 40 years ago last year that he drove his, uh, Minerva Volkswagen Minerva, uh, bus, uh, from San Francisco all the way across the country to come, uh, be a DJ at, uh, WMMR. Um, I mean, so- I think, I think at this point he's probably going to haunt the place for <laughs> centuries. I mean, I think, I think when you hit 40, when you hit the pearly gates, like, do you want to haunt the place you were that thing? Oh yeah, sure. No, absolutely. So the other day when I posted this original news about what was going on with WMMR, 
um, people were like literally leaving comments like, well, we at least we know Pierre Robert is safe. One woman said, if they ever tried to fire Pierre Robert, the city would riot. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's probably true. And, and you know, same might be said of Preston and Steve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're kind of like less iconic i guess but they have a huge following i mean anytime preston and steve does an event you have so many people coming out to it uh but this one woman said um you know uh, if they ever tried to fire pierre robert um the city would riot and it was kind of unfathomable unfathomable to me that they would do that um but what i have been able to verify over the last 24 hours is that Pierre Robert was actually on the chopping block recently. Wow. Um, they did not want to renew his contract. They wanted to get rid of him. Part of this had to do with belt tightening. There are also sources who know that Pierre Robert talks too much uh, <laughs> on, the, on the radio. He like, did, he's a gabber. Corporate overlords that run uh, the radio station, you know, they want you to play commercials. They want you to play music. That's what they want you to do. Pierre will go off on tangents. I mean, the man will talk and talk and talk and talk. But to me, that's why I tune in. Like, I can go hear the Rolling I can turn on Spotify and hear the Rolling Stones if I want to. But he is a personality. He's beloved. I want to listen to him. But the sources that I talk to in the industry said that he talks way too much. Uh, the other thing about Pierre Robert is that he plays whatever he wants. Now, I'm not saying that he plays literally whatever he wants for the entirety of the show certainly in the big business of radio you know the station is sort of being told okay we need to make sure we feature these songs but pierre will like just whip out some vinyl and be like here's a song you probably never heard before and you know but i like it and uh you know nobody in the industry does that you know outside of public radio it's college radio of course yeah i mean that's just completely unheard of so they don't like this about him he's not efficient enough um and uh, you know i i don't know how much pierre robert makes i see how he lives i've been to his house i you know i know his lifestyle he's clearly well compensated and uh they probably figure you know what we can probably fill this slot and just you know get somebody to hit a lot of buttons and, i mean uh, i would back from the personality a little bit i mean i would argue like wmmr and pierre robert are almost inseparable i mean it's like Having Wheel of Fortune without Pat Sajak, those those things are just synonymous with each other. No, it's so true. And um, you know, one one uh, person I talked to last night late um, said, you know, Pierre Robert is basically so popular. And you know, also keep in mind, like he has a very positive image, right? This is a oh guy yeah, who's never caught up in scandal. He doesn't get on the air and say nasty things about people. This is a good guy. You know, he, he goes out, he eats at restaurants, he tips well, um, he's got a good soul. You know, if anybody is sick and writes into him, he talks to them on the air and, uh, you know, wishes them well. He, I, you know, having had many dinners with this guy and having attended concerts with him, I can tell you personally that the guy actually cares about people. And I thought it was interesting last night, um, this one um, source at WMR told me, if Pierre Robert ran for mayor in Philadelphia, he would probably win. And I kind of like laughed it off, but I thought about it for a second. I was like, no, you know what? Actually, he probably could win just on the basis of the fact that his character is unimpeachable. How often can we say that um, about, you know, people in government? Uh, and also, he's not... Can I curse on here? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. And, you know, he's not an asshole. And how often can we say that about people out there? Yeah. And, 
genuinely yeah. cares about people and his name recognition in the Philadelphia radio industry, there's nobody. Yeah, nobody it's bigger. it's like um, there's. I mean, the, the, I when I read read about what was going on here, the only like similar situation, and this is this is a deep cut way back, is when Y100 went belly up and just fired everyone and just turned into what it was what it wasn't anymore. And that was Preston Steve's original home was Y100. And oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that very. I was. It was I went to a funeral that week. It was a very, it was a very t- tough week for me. Um, but um, yeah, it was like just read about this. This is a, this is I don't. I mean, the word seismic might be a bit harsh, but like it could have been even worse, and definitely something to watch. Yeah. So it, you know, uh, interesting to see what comes next. We don't really know. Uh, you know, the one source I talked to about all this says, you know, they're clearly shaken up i mean you know this might sound silly to people who don't listen to radio like i've talked to people who are like what's radio you know we listen to sirius and spotify um and you know the people hosting those shows are they could be anywhere in the world who cares it doesn't matter you don't know them here in philadelphia you know these are people that a lot of us identify with and then within the station itself you know consider pierre's been there for 40 years President Steve has been there for 20 years. Jackson has been there for 18 years. Like, some of these people have spent, you know, if not half, a good third of their life working in the same place very closely with other people. So, you know, this isn't just, this isn't small potatoes. Like, in their, just in their own personal and professional lives, this is, you know, these are seismic changes. Um, and I also think, you know, you're going to see a lot of big changes coming up in the radio industry that those of us who do listen to radio um, will be noticing, you know, but then again, here I am a guy who writes for a friggin' print magazine. So, uh, <laughs> talking about, you know, things in technology yeah. that uh, maybe aren't so popular yeah. as they used to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do have hope. I have kids who are 15 and 16 now. Um, I've had, aunts uh and cousins try to give them over the years like digital readers like kindles or whatever these kids like always return them they want nothing but to read paper books they read paper newspapers they read paper magazines radio is not dead print is not dead it's just different and we all have to figure out how to make money well uh victor thank you for calling into my digital radio station show Uh, hey, listen, friends. If you ha- you have to have the Twitter. If you do, you need to follow uh, Victor here at Philly Victor on Twitter. Great reporter, always, always an amazing and someone who will engage with you. Like some reporters won't engage with you. Victor, he is. Uh, I consider. I I would argue as much as an institution in Philadelphia as Pierre Robert. Although in the beard category. Not so much, but you do have four decades to work on that. Well, that's an overblown compliment, but very kind of you. And I will say that um, I, I literally respond to every email that I get other than somebody who's just, like, threatening me with violence, which I report to the police department. And, yes, that does happen. Um, I try to on Twitter and Facebook, but I am really dedicated to, you know, interacting with people. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of journalists in Philly who literally never respond to people. And I, I'm just like, well, you know, you're supposed to be part of the community. Why wouldn't you respond to somebody? So uh, send me hate mail. Send me love mail. Just don't send me any anthrax. I'm going to add all that part out and say that I'm the only person you will talk to on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, Victor, thank you so much for joining me today on the Saturday Report with Cole, Sebastian, Taylor. And uh, you know what? I bet, I bet I'll have you back again sometime soon. If you're lucky. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> Friends, listen, you have things to do, but sometimes you're at home and you need a musical soundtrack for your evening. Maybe you're hanging out, maybe you're having a party, whatever. But don't worry. My friends here at AWSM Radio got you covered, especially my friend DC in his show, DC Live in Effect. He is our in-house DJ, my friends, and DC mixes it up every Friday night at 9 p.m., Sundays at 10 p.m. as well. His show, DC Live in Effect, Fridays and Sundays. Fridays at 9, Sundays at 10. You do not want to miss out while he smashes it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from South Florida here at AWSM Radio. Wait, what's that? You demand DC on Saturdays? Oh boy, let me see here, let me see here, let me see here. All right, my friends, I can make it happen because on Saturdays at 10 p.m., it's DC House Party Saturdays, where he brings his freestyling DJ to the max, uh, giving you all the vibes of Miami without actually having to be down at that part of the country. From the top clubs to the bars, DC will bring the party to you. That's Saturdays at 10 p.m. So just to review, just to review, Fridays at 9 p.m., DC Live in Effect. Saturdays at 10 p.m., DC House Party Saturdays. And then Sundays at 10 p.m., DC Live in Effect again, right here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next up this week, some sad news as Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote and Beauty of the Beast uh, passed away at the age of 96 just a few days, just five days before her 97th uh, birthday. Uh, in her very, very immensely long career, she won uh, five Tony Awards, uh, the most recent in 2009 when she played uh, uh, in, in No Coward's Blythe Spirit. Uh, she was also known uh, to work on Great White Way, uh, was probably a uh, was the ghoulish pie maker in Sweeney Todd, the demon of of Barber, the demon Barber of Fleet Street, uh, got a uh, Tony Award in 1979 for that, and also won Tonys for uh, Ma'am in 1966, Dear World in 1969, and Gypsy in 1975. Uh, she also uh, earned her actor's equity card in 1957 with her work on. Hotel Paradiso. Uh, of course, though, of course, uh, she was well known for her show Murder, She Wrote, and also well known for uh, her portrayal as uh, the teapot in the 1991 Beauty and the Beast. Incredible singer. Incredible, incredible singer. Uh, more recently, uh, she, um, uh, more recently, uh, no, that's something else. But, uh, yeah, she did an amazing, 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 amazingly long career as Mrs. Potts. That's right, the teapot. Uh, in fact, she came to the 25th anniversary of the show in 2016 at the Lincoln Center to bring down the house with a rendition of the title's lead tune. That's right, that's right. Uh, she was paid tribute by many, many different people, even NASA, even NASA, uh, trip did a tribute to her on their Twitter feed. Uh, according to their Twitter post, they said, Tale as to old as time, true as it can be, in memory of Angela Lansbury, we offer this cosmic rose plucked from our Spitzer Space Telescope. It's a picture of a 
celestial formation that looks like a rose, which was pretty great. Uh, Murder, She Wrote ran for 12 seasons from 1984 to 1996. Uh, NBC will be doing a Murder, She Wrote marathon this weekend uh, all day long. Um, all day, all day long, all day long. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, this might have been, oh, Eric, this might have been last week. I think this was last, uh, last this week. So by the time you hear this, it'll be over. But they did a uh, Murder, She Wrote uh, marathon on Cozy TV, which is owned by NBC Universal. Uh, president Fran Drescher, who is the president, yes, the nanny, Fran Dresser, uh, who is the president of the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, uh, said that generations of thespians were lucky to enjoy have watching Angela Lansbury's long and storied career. Uh, she was inducted into the TV Hall of Fame in 1996. Uh, in 1944, she played uh, a. She was in a movie called Gaslight, uh, about a woman played by a star, Ingrid Berman, who was man being manipulated to question objective truth. Where, where the term gaslighting, that it kind of leads back to that movie. So she's part of a part of a culture there and whatnot. Part of a culture there. So look at that. Look at that. But uh, she was born in 1925 in London, in London, to actor uh, Monia McGill and timber executive Eggard uh, Lansbury. Uh, her father and grandfather, George Lansbury, were active in liberal British politics. Eggard Lansbury was the mayor of London Borough of Poplar, while George Lansbury served as a Labour Party leader in 1932 to 1934. Uh, her father passed away when she was nine in 1935, and then um, they fled London during the Nazi bombing of World War II. And uh, from there, she uh, began a professional gig at the Sammore Sam Club in Montreal. Uh, she lied how old she was, saying she was 19 when she was really 16, and performed characters in, cower in uh, Coward's I Went to a Marvelous Party for 60 bucks a week, which is probably roughly what actors still get paid today, uh, which back then was a bit of a small fortune. That's 60 bucks a week back then, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But uh, she signed a deal with MGM uh, when she was 17, making $500 a week. Uh, back then, however, MGM controlled her work and cast uh, the young actor in roles that Lansbury said she had no business in playing. Um, but uh, that turned out to be a boon and launched her, launched her extraordinary versatile career, according to NBC News. Uh, she was preceded uh, in death by her husband of 53 years, Peter Shaw, uh, a few years ago. Uh, she, was made, she was made by Queen Elizabeth II. Dame commander of the British Empire in 2014 during a ceremony at Windsor Castle. So, my friends, catch a few episodes of Murder, She Wrote, as well as Beauty and the Beast this week, for the great late Angela Lansbury. She was an amazing actress. Uh, hey, 96, she lived a, a wonderfully long, productive life. So, uh, condolences to the Lansbury family, and like I said, do yourself. Write yourself a few Angela Lansbury movies this week. I think you will enjoy it. Next up, some additional sad news. Actor Robbie Coltrane passed away this week at the age of 72. Uh, born in uh, Scotland, a veteran actor. 
uh, best known for Hagrid in the Harry Potter movie franchise. Yes, yes, Hagrid. Hagrid has passed away this week at the age of 72. He was a boisterous and decidedly eccentric Scotsman, according to The Hollywood Reporter, who began his career in comedy theater. And uh, also, I mean, I first saw him in the James Bond movies. That's why he played the sort of Russian friend of James Bond in Goldeneye and in The World Is Not Enough. Uh, very good in that in those two movies. Uh, he was also in Flash Gordon, Black Adder, Keep It in the Family, and other comedy credits include uh, A Kick Up the 80s, The Comic Strip, and Al Fresco. And he became a mainstay of British TV screens. Uh, his breakout role, however, was Dr. Edward Fitz Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, an antisocial criminal psychologist with a gift of solving crimes in Jimmy McGovern's Cracker series which had 25 episodes between 1993 and 2006, which are kind of like, you know, TV movies and whatnot. They like to do, they do, they do TV series a little bit differently over there in, in Great Britain. Um, in 2019, one of his uh, sort of last performances, uh, he reprised his role as Hagrid in the short fantasy film Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventures. Uh, he penned an autobiography, uh, Colt Train in a Cadillac, and uh, starred in the TV series of the same name in 1993 when he drove across America from Los Angeles to New York City in a classic 1951, uh, 1951 Cadillac car. So I've never heard of that one. I may pick that up uh, this, this week and check that out. 1993, that, that is vintage Robbie Col Coltrane. Uh, but anyways, veteran actor Hagrid from Harry Potter, Robbie Coltrane, passed away this week at the age of 72. Uh, you know what? Watch the first Harry Potter movie. He was, um, he was amazing in all the movies, but the first one, I think, holds up. Magical charm. I mean, you might have problems with J.K. Rowling, as you probably should, but the movies, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Next up, folks, we talk about the very serious subject of election fraud. Listen, we all know it happens. It's unavoidable. In fact, there has been proof of election fraud that I think will rock the very foundation of America. Hold on to your butts. Am I talking about 2020? Uh, no, actually, that election was fine. There was no actual prod of any sort of meaningful fraud or proof. There's been some voting irregularities, but those folks have been caught and going to jail. Usually Republicans writing votes for the dead mothers. There is actually no proof of widespread fraud in the 2020 election. That person telling you to watch 2,000 Mules is a lunatic. I'm talking about Fat Bear Week. That's right. One of America's most beloved elections. Victim. To voter fraud. Uh, the annual, it's an annual Alaska voting contest, kind of like March Madness, where uh, favorite grizzly bears around Katami National Park, because they, they track them, because they're kind of endangered species, are, are face off with each other and vote to see who is the champion. Well, on Twitter, there was a race between 435 Holly and a bear called 747, and it was hit with a spam attack, apparently to try to get 435 Holly to win. Uh, like bears, according to the park, they tweeted, like bears stuffed their face with fish, our ballot box too had been stuffed. According to National Park Service's Amber Kraft, who talked to the Rolling Stone, 747, which is the name of a bear, 
um, was in the lead all day Sunday, and then 435 Holly, which is the tag, I think the numbers are related to the tags they have on these pairs, seeing a sudden boost of thousands of votes, drawing suspicions from election officials. The votes all seem to come from fake email addresses connected to a few IP addresses, and then she adds, so the team was able to filter out all the fake votes. In the end, 747, a favorite to win the champion tour the tournament this year, came out victorious over 435 Holly, who was the 2019 champion. The National Park Services, being concerned with this bare election, reviewed reviewed previous rounds of election and found no evidence of fraud. They care about elections as much as I do, my friends, as much as I do. Uh, this year's tournament already had a shocking upset where a bare number named 901 beat four-time reigning champion 480 Otis on Saturday. And now 901 is facing off against four, 740, 747. I don't know why. Maybe if you win, you get a name. In the final round, and uh, on uh, Tuesday, there'll be a celebration of Fat Bear Tuesday. That was this week. Uh, this week. Uh, however, there were there were some people upset. There were people upset on Twitter, learning of 435 Holly's loss uh, in uh, Katmai National Park, which is about 300 miles southwest of Anchorage. Uh, made sure to affirm their abiding love for the giant grizzly. We love our girl too. But she deserves a clean win. 747 is a big boy and the people have spoken and whatnot. Uh, the contest started in 2014. It's an annual tradition to spread the awareness of grizzly bears in Cat May. Cat, I'm probably saying it wrong. National Park. And as they prepare for a long winter hibernation. The contest is held in early autumn because that's when bears are the stoutest, having fattened up on salmon in preparation for the long Alaskan winter when they hibernate, with, hibernate without eating or drinking. Voters can take into account how much bear, how much weight a bear has gained over the summer, uh, the life history of each animal, or just vote the bear you think is the largest and the fattest. So, like, all these bears are tracked, so they all have, like, little profiles. And, um, let me see here. I'm checking a news story. Okay, and apparently 747 has won the contest, won the contest, the Fat Bear Week 2022, um, quite quite oh he oh he's a big boy holy moly oh boy oh boy that's a big that's a big dude a big grizzly bear i would not want to find i would not want to come into that bear um 747 fat bear week in 2020 with over 640 hundred thousand votes uh, how what is the population of alaska okay alaska has 736 people in 2020 I'm thinking that maybe some votes came from around the world, but all, he got almost as many votes as the entire population of that state. Um, but uh, he uh, won. The runner-up was uh, 901. Uh, the National Park said that uh, she deserves recognition for being an underdog to finalist. Um, but uh, we shall see what uh, what happens next year. According to explore.org, 747 is one of the largest brown bears on the planet. So, I mean, he had a, he had he had a, he had quite the home field belly advantage. My friends, while the bears are hibernating in Alaska, I'll tell you who doesn't hibernate no matter what the season. It's my friend Rox. 
and her drive time show, The Rock Sessions, making sure your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. My friend Rocks will make it rock, rock style, Monday through Friday. That's right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., right here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next up, friends, we go to space, space, space. Uh, for a follow-up story, as you remember, uh, last week or a few weeks ago, NASA sent a satellite crashing into an asteroid called the DART mission uh, in hopes of trying to, A, collide with an asteroid and change its course as an experiment for future problems. Like if an asteroid was coming tor- towards Earth that would, like, you know destroy the planet that NASA would hopefully be able to redirect it. Well, after a few weeks or yeah, a few weeks of looking at the telemetry data, they believe they have successfully, successfully changed the course of this asteroid. Uh, it, like, it first collided on September 26th, which was about two or three weeks ago. Um, it was a full-scale dem- uh, demonstration of this technology to deflect uh, prior to the impact, uh, Dio, Dimor, Dimorphos, non-X-Men character, had an 11-hour and 55-minute orbit. Orbit. Uh, its larger partner asteroid, Didymos. Okay, so it orbited around this other asteroid every 11 hours and 55 minutes. And they p- chose this asteroid so they can measure things easier because there's like a point... Where this one asteroid, they didn't hit. Now keep going. This asteroid, they did hit. And they'll be able to measure the differences. So, um, it now takes 11 hours and 23 minutes to circle it. Um, the the DART spacecraft, spacecraft has changed the moonlet's asteroid orbit by 32 minutes. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't understand what that means. But... The astronomers said that if they had done it by at least 10 minutes, it was a success. So it was three times what they're expecting to do. So they were pretty happy about it. I guess they made it go faster, which I guess if something was hitting towards Earth, if they made it go faster since the Earth is moving, you know, it would fly by quicker and not hit us, I guess. I guess that's what that what that means. Okay, I think that's what that means. Uh, anyways, uh, Lori Glaze, the director of Planetary Science Division at NASA, said, For the first time ever, humanity has changed the orbit of a planetary object. As new data comes in each day, uh, astronomers will be able to better assess whether and how a mission like DART could be used in the future to help protect Earth from a collision from an asteroid if we discover one is headed our way. Uh, so they're going to continue to uh, collect data from these two asteroids, this uh, double asteroid system um now that the now that did they change the orbit the orbit is now a bit uh wobbly uh, according according to tom startler the dart program scientist although we have done more to the system than simply simply change the orbit we may have left dimorphous wobbling a bit so over time there may be some interaction between the wobble and the orbit and things will adjust but it's certainly never going back to the old 11 hour 55-minute orbit. So, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, in fact, the, the, the plumes of debris um, are, are, are now extended 
thousands of kilometers. So they can track this sort of dust being thrown up, being left behind from this impact. Um, the, the DART team believes that the recoil from the plume substantially enhanced the spacecraft's push against the asteroid. Not unlike the release of air from balloons, propel it in the opposite direction. Pretty interesting. Uh, at the time of impact, and just just give you an idea of how amazing this science is, the spacecraft was moving at 14,000 miles per hour and was able to hit the asteroid. No small feat of math. So, if an asteroid's coming this way, yes, we can send Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, up there to divert the asteroid, or, if it's a little bit smaller, we can use a satellite. My friends, Wednesday nights are the place to be if you need some sports information because at 9 p.m. on Wednesdays, it's To The Rack With Mac. Uh, to The Rack With Mac is your go-to spot for all things basketball. Join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise for all things NBA. Tune in Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. And then, my friends, after that at 10 p.m., it's What's Going On? What's going on is our Fox Sports affiliate show uh, providing listeners with over 150 combined years of sports knowledge hosted by Nate Brown and his crew. They have been a staple of Western New York sports for the past two decades. Now they're national, and we have their show here Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on AWSM Radio. So just to recap, your Wednesday nights for sports, we got you. We got you here. 9 p.m., it's To The Rack With Mac. At 10 p.m., it's What's Going On. Only here on AWSM Radio. And finally this week in Nevada, the Nevada State Police uh, uh, raided an illegal outdoor marijuana grow site. It was all these, all these marijuana plants in some remote area of Lincoln County, uh, Nevada, where they got over 8,700 pounds of marijuana worth 7.8 million dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot. So apparently a hunter was scouting the area to uh, you know, do some hunting, stumbled across an illegal outdoor marijuana grow site, contacted the authorities, and then he kind of swooped in, watched, waited until someone showed up, and arrested all of them. Uh, these sort of sites are dangerous for hikers, hunters, campers who may stumble upon it, uh, be it the marijuana or, you know, something illegal. Could be criminals there, so they, they could get hurt. But, uh, oh boy, that's a lot of outdoor plants worth a whole lot of money. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up all the time we have here today on the Saturday Board with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you once again so much to Victor Fiorillo at Philly Victor on Twitter, Crack Reporter, for joining me here today for a rare on air interview about local radio news in the city of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia. You should definitely follow him. He's a great guy, my Twitter pal. And thank you, my friends, for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, on the Cameo, as well as anchor.fm at Colt S. Taylor. Especially if you uh, missed the show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of that show. Best way to support the show. Uh, and then, of course, Twitch at Colt S. Taylor, where I occasionally stream myself, as I did when I recorded my interview with Victor today, stream live when I record this show. Uh, and of course, bookmark ColtSebastianTaylor.com for all your Colt Sebastian Taylor needs. 
And uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I did immensely. Until next time, my fantastic friends, support your local radio stations and support me on AWSM Radio. I am Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.